Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Unsportsmanlike Podcast. Howdy. How's everybody feeling today? Good, I hope. Yeah, um, sorry we didn't record an episode last week. They both had pretty busy schedules to go by, so there just wasn't time for us to do it. But hey, Colton got a new job, and uh, I am interviewing for a promotion. So hey, you know, big things happening in our worlds. So yeet, yeet. Skeet, skeet. We're going to kind of jump right into it with this episode here. We've uh, we talked about how we're going to go full draft mode. So why yeah. not start with the most I mean, obvious some, positions? Some minor news broke. Nothing too major affecting yeah. things. Um, obviously, we're talking about the 49ers uh, trading all the way up to that third pick behind the Jaguars and Jets. Got it from the Dolphins via the Texans. So thank you, Laramie Tunsil, the most valuable left tackle of all time. Without a doubt. And to move up nine spots, they gave up their 12th pick, their 2022 first, 2022 third, and 2023 first to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins made off with quite a nice haul there, but the Dolphins weren't done. Correct. So they took the number 12 pick and turned it into the number 6 pick. Thanks, Philly. And to do that, they gave the Eagles, obviously, the 12th pick, their first rounder next year. And a fifth rounder, it looks like. So to clarify, the Dolphins still have two first round picks in this draft. Not next draft. They gave one of them back to the Eagles, but they'll still have a first rounder. Correct. But then in 2023, they will also have two first round picks again. So that's pretty solid. It seems like they've had at least two first round picks every year for like the past three years. And if they I know hit, it hasn't been that long, but just feels like it. If they hit on those picks, which it's a very good chance being first-round picks, they could be poised to be a pretty damn good team in the next few years. Right, but let's talk about the team who's really made the headlines here first, and that's the 49ers. No doubt. This is a team that's, what, one year separated from a Super Bowl? Right, and they have a ready-made roster to win right now. Um, they've been pumping up Jimmy G, oddly, since the trade. Like saying oh, he's, he's, sti- he's still our guy in twenty twenty one. We're still going to be rolling with him, and I I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second either. I think they're just trying to up the trade value. I think. I think that I agree with you there, um, but I think the big farce here is they're trying to make it seem like. I personally don't think you trade that much for Mac Jones. As much as I love Mac Jones, I don't think you give up that kind of package to trade up for Mac Jones. Okay. I think, personally, think about who's picking number two. The Jets. Correct. What kind of offense are they going to run? Something similar to what the 49ers were running. I would think so. A lot of their staff came from San Francisco. So So my thought process is they've already seen Trey Lance throw. Mm -hmm. They were present at Mac Mac Jones' pro day day as opposed to Justin Fields' pro day. Right. Which makes me think they're trying to gas Mac Jones up and possibly try to get the Jets to take Mac Jones with two. (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) a new one. I haven't heard that before. Nuclear. That's interesting. (laughs) Because if he's a perfect fit in a Shanahan offense, why won't he work out in New York? I don't think the Jets are... I mean, listen, the Jets have made some... Questionable decisions, but that that brain trust is gone now, and it seems like they have some 
football guys in there who are a little smarter than the previous regime. I don't think right now that they're going to back off Zach Wilson. I don't think so either, to be real honest. But I will say, interestingly enough, about the whole Mac Jones thing is, there's an awful lot of smoke around it. And I know draft season is smoke season, but there's an awful lot of smoke around that room. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, You know, I always say go get your guy, and if you're confident that's your guy, go get him. But A, I don't think you had to move up that far to get him. And B, um, I mean, I guess if you want to be, if that's who you're going to go with, you better be right because a lot of people are going to second guess you. Well, they had, uh, I'm hearing a lot of like on NFL Live and, you know, all the experts are saying that the Carolina Panthers really liked Mac Jones and they were going to try to take him at eight. Um I don't think you have to go to three to beat eight, but that's the thing. They do like all of their options there at three, and they feel like they control the entire kind of swing there. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, I get that. Because I think one and two are pretty set. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. At least that's what it looks like. Yes. So three is going to be a big pivot point. And then what do the Dolph- or excuse me, what do the Atlanta Falcons do with four? You know? Yeah, that to me right now, if... Word gets out about who the 49ers want. Let's say, I'm just going to say for the sake of argument right now, it's Justin Fields. And then there's going to be a team who really fell in love with Trey Lance, and they're going to try really hard to move up to Atlanta's spot. And I think Atlanta could actually get a nice haul for that pick, too. I've seen a couple mocks. I don't remember who it was. Um, I believe it was one of the PFF guys. He actually had the Patriots trading up to four. To get Trey Lance. Lance. Yeah, is it that one that just got released? It was the two-rounder? Yeah. I just want to, like, side note how much I hated that mock because it had uh, Washington double-dipping on offensive line in the first and second round, and if they do that, I'm going to shit a brick. <laughs> I'm going to pick a new team, I swear to God. I won't, but I'll <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah, um, I, for some reason, my my gut is telling me that it's for, we're going to timestamp this, March 30th, 2021, 7.36 p.m. Central Standard. Central Standard Time. I think right now, Trey Lance, to me, is the favorite to go to the 49ers at three. I think so, too. If they're really that, like, if they're that in on Jimmy for next year, because the consensus on Trey Lance is that he is not going to be ready year one than they already have the bridge guy to go along with that who can win you games 100 percent um i do like the lance to atlanta fit but you have to think about matt ryan's contract because next year he still has 40 million in dead money right so it's gonna be hard to just move on from matt ryan well jimmy g has no dead money left on his deal so they can trade him or do whatever if i'm san francisco if i'm a san francisco fan to me, I'd go Justin Fields because I think he is a perfect fit for the Shanahan offense. It, What the Shanahan offense does is it masks his greatest weakness. I mean, to me, you couldn't ask for a better situation for Justin Fields. 100%. Especially if you're an OSU fan and you've seen multiple, multiple quarterbacks come out of your school that have done nothing in the NFL. Right. I mean, like I said, Justin Fields' biggest weakness is his processing speed. And what... Does Kyle Shanahan's offense do more than anything? It schemes guys open. Bingo. Exactly. 
Um, let's talk about the Dolphins angle of this for a second. Moving from 3 to 12 back to 6. Which, I'm not going to lie, I didn't love giving up an extra first rounder to move up another 6 spots. I didn't love it. I'm with you. And that's simply because, I mean, I think they have their eyes on either uh, Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase at 6. They just want a weapon. But to me... I mean, you probably could have gotten Jalen Waddle or maybe Devontae Smith if you would have just stuck at 12. I'm going to play a side note here. I'm going to tell you right now, a big winner here that people are not talking about, the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, 100%. They are going to have their pick of – because I think because I think quarterbacks go one through four. I really do. I think it's going to be the first time that, they are, that we know of. They are going to get their pick of the litter of basically whatever non-quarterback they want. And they don't need a quarterback, obviously, because they have Joe Burrow. Um, I think they're a big winner here. Oh, 100%. And that's one of those things that, even if they wanted, I don't think that they will. Um, But I am reading a couple things that are saying, like, hey, Joe Burrow's pushing for a reunion with Jamar Chase. I read that, too. And I honestly, I I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate that at all. Even though, you know, the obvious pick is Penny Sewell because they need offensive line help, but they did sign Riley Reef, and this is a deep tackle class, and you'll be able to get a decent starter at that pick at the top of round two. In my opinion, you could get a Walker Little, a Samuel Cosby. There's going to be options there in the second round if they decided, let's go, let's make Joe Burrow happy and go get his, go get his guy. Exactly. Um, but back to the Dolphins angle. I just, I don't know why... You, I mean, I love it for the Eagles. They're they're potential in a spot to potentially have three first round picks next year. That's assuming Carson Wentz plays. What is it? 75 percent of his games. Seventy five percent, and if they make the playoffs, it's seventy percent. Right, and so I think they made out very well here. One hundred percent. They'll have they're they'll have a pick of good guys at twelve. I think it would be best for them to go corner. Right I think now. they take the top and, corner. Whoever's well, there. Yeah, I think Sertain will be gone. But I think Sertain goes at 10, realistically. I like Caleb Farley is awesome. I like J.C. Horn them a lot. A lot okay. of people are backing off of Caleb Farley right now because of his injury concerns. or He just had a back, back procedure. Surgery. Yeah. There's, there's some other things going on there that I don't think that people are not in love with right now. Fair enough. But, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically as much as we can break down that trade. Hopefully we see some more action. Uh, coming before the draft, it's uh, like I said, draft season is smoke season. It's always fun. Um, let's move now to the NFL officially announcing something we've all known is going to happen for a while. 17-game season. Give us your thoughts. I love it. I know as a fan, I love it. Um, obviously, some of the players don't really agree with it. Um, they're they're going to get paid. But they're, they're going to... They'll like it when they get... When they see the revenue checks come in, yeah, they'll definitely be uh, they'll definitely be a little more okay with it. But realistically, at least in my personal opinion, I don't know how other people feel about this, but I think the preseason is a joke. I do too. Um, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent for just like wiping away the preseason altogether, but we don't need four games. Exactly, a couple exhibition games. Whatever team plays the Hall of Fame game has five. Like, stop. Enough of this. Just two preseason games is enough. If two preseason games is enough, if I'm a coach, I'm not even starting my starters in either of them. Not even close. No, I just that's just for me to decide. You know, the last 10, 15 spots on your roster. You know, 
I am I'm I'm happy for this too. Um, more meaningful football is always a good thing. Absolutely. Um, I've heard because I think this pushes the Super Bowl back a weekend. Doesn't it does. It? it does. Now I heard someone put pitch an interesting idea that this maybe will eventually lead to an 18 game season where the Super Bowl is pushed back another week, which would then in turn make the Monday after the Super Bowl a holiday because it would be President's Day. How about that? <laughs> so all those people that wanted that to be a holiday... Let's go. finally get their way. And I'm for it. I'm 100%. For it. I'm all for it. You know, the day after the Super Bowl should probably be a holiday. Pray to whatever deity you got. Yes, but um, there's really not much to discuss here besides just saying that, I mean, I'm for more meaningful football games, the better. 100%. So everybody's going to make money. We're going to enjoy more meaningful football. Yes. I, I think it's a win for everybody. Absolutely. Now, with that being said, let's get into what we were always going to talk about on this episode, the quarterbacks. Let's talk about it. I think we have our big five, you know. Right. The, the big... um, five projected first-rounders. And then we've got everybody else. Yes. And I don't think it's a considerable gap, but there's... There's definitely a gap. I think there's some intriguing options that will be available to teams on day two, day three. They don't work out most of the time, but it's worth taking a flyer on them because, you know, for for all the bad ones that don't go anywhere, the, what do you say, Christian Hackenbergs, why did I bring him up? Oh, God. I'm just trying to think of day two, day three quarterbacks who people thought, I mean, Geno well, Smith's still in the league, isn't he? I think, yeah, it's he's in Seattle, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's worth, because for all the ones that fail, you do have your Dak Prescott, your Russell Wilsons. Kirk Cousins. I'll throw, I'll throw Kirk in there. He's had a solid career for oh, a Oh, 100%. Round, he usually I, finishes in, like, top like, ten in that Even metrics. like an Andy Dalton who was taken in the second round, who's been a, I mean... Consistent starter. He's, he's not, about to be a starter again. He's not a world. He's not a world beater, but he's won football games. And he's keeping jobs in the NFL. Exactly. So, despite the chagrin of Bears fans, <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Before we break into this, did you see the QB tweet from the Bears? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh my God. How tone? Are you, are you just trolling your entire fan base, or are you that toned down? <laughs> exactly. Like I'm curious. I'm yeah. genuinely curious who thought that was a good idea. It's been a rough few months. Sorry, I feel, Chicago. <laughs> I feel awful for Andy Dalton. Oh no, I'm kidding. Like, like he's just thinking, like, hey, I'm gonna sign another contract. I'm gonna go be a starter for an NFL team, live out my dream, and just everybody's shitting on him. I feel sorry, Andy. I feel bad for you. Leave the red rocket... Re, oh, what is it? The red rifle? Red leave rifle. the red rifle alone. You leave him alone. I'm serious. God damn it. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. Easy let's, one. Let's yeah, just rip the band-aid off yeah, here. Exactly. He's our number one, a consensus number one. No, because there's some people who try to get cute and say Zach Wilson's their number one. Or it's something. ridiculous. Knock it off. And I love Zach Wilson. Now, as far as Trevor Lawrence goes, I wrote down that his best fit is Jacksonville. Because, well, duh, his, that's, that's where he's fit. going. That's his only fit. <laughs> and that's where he's going, and they're going to literally build that entire team around him. So, duh, go to Jacksonville. Have the time of your life. I heard Jacksonville's beautiful. Jacksonville is a lovely city I've been once. I like Jacksonville. Um, he's the most hyped quarterback prospect we've seen in... Quite a few years, I'd say, at least since Andrew Luck. Um, He's also one of, if not the most complete quarterback prospect we've seen in a while. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of glaring weaknesses. Right. If you really want to nitpick, I mean, he's not the most accurate quarterback in the world. Um, sometimes he 
he extends plays too long, just looking for the home run ball. He's been guilty of that a few times. But again, this is all this stuff that's nitpicking. Exactly. Like some of the forced throws would be nitpicking. Right. Um, some sometimes he just locks onto that first read, hoping that his you know talent will come down with it. Yeah. Um. But I mean, he's got an absolute cannon of an arm. Probably not the strongest arm in the draft, but he's got a great arm. He's got good QB size. He's six six. 213 could put on a few more pounds, but that's nothing to be that, I mean, upset about. He's uh, got the quick reads. He's got everything you want. He gets the ball out quick. And another thing, like, he's, I think he's sneaky athletic. I mean, he can run. Right. He can run. Um, and he doesn't use it as his main weapon, which is nice. It's one of those, hey, let's extend this play, or hey, let's get out of here and, you know, try to make something happen downfield. Right. And, yeah. He is, I mean, everything. I'm excited to watch him in Jacksonville next year. Oh, 100%. I'm very interested in Jacksonville next year, and I think I'll be probably tuning into more Jaguars games than I have in quite some time. Well, Trevor's been consistently solid throughout his entire career. I mean, he's a smart right. guy. You know, he, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. He's got a lot of tools that are, I mean, you could argue are already NFL ready. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to come into the league and immediately just vault into the top ten. Of quarterbacks, but I could see that happening, you know? Yeah, exactly. Give the man some time, you know? Obviously. Let him play some NFL snaps. I mean, what's what more can we say about him, though? He's just incredible. Exactly. And let's move on to my number two quarterback in the draft, Zach Wilson. Agreed. Um, some people don't like his size. They say he's a little small. I think that's bullshit. I think he's fine. Exactly. He's 6'3". It's generous. It's but a it's... generous 6'3". If he's 6'3", I'm 5'11". So. <laughs> um, man, I just absolutely love his arm. I love... I just Every time I watched a BYU game, I was just absolutely infatuated with the guy. The, the off-platform throws he makes, it's just... It's so... And listen, I hate when people use this tape because it's not a real tape, but he's so fun to watch. That's fair. You can smack me all you want. I hate that take, too. But he is just so fun to watch. I mean, the kid could sling a ball over the mountains. He can, he can run. He can sling the ball. Um, and he drops dimes, too. It's not like he's just throwing it up there and hoping the guy catches it. The only... he Listen, he has been far and away the biggest riser in this draft class. Um, I think similar to... Well, I'll, I'll bring this up later for the end of the show because I had some plan for that. But... I mean, his escapability in the pocket is just ridiculous. He, I mean, if he, he has weaknesses. Um, a lot has been said about the level of competition he's played this past year, and that's fair. But, I mean, you could say that about a lot of guys. He's also out. super untested under pressure. That offensive line was phenomenal for him. Yeah, and they weren't really going up against anybody too spectacular. But, um... My biggest issue with Zach Wilson was the fact that he has a problem with showing off, and just putting too much trust in his arm. Yeah. Uh, he needs to set his feet more. No. Um, injuries did limit him to one year of high-level production. I will say that. Um, but I, I have no issues about him. I think he's going to be a rock star. I really do. The issues that we could, I mean, like you said, nitpick about, I mean, those are things that can be coached. I yeah. wouldn't worry too much about it. All right. I'm going to move to my number three. What do you got at three? I have Justin Fields. So do I. Um, I know that's not, for some reason, that's not very popular right now. I don't understand that. Um, 
because I like Justin Fields a lot. I mean, I know... When we went into this year, it was literally like, it's Lawrence and Fields. It's Lawrence and Fields. I'm going to say right now with Justin Fields... He had a he had he not he had some bad games. I'll say that he did not have his best year this year. There's but, some bad tape out there. That's for sure. But there's enough good tape for me to be confident in taking him. He's got good size. He's six three, around two thirty. He can move. He's accurate. Like I said, like we said earlier, the processing speed needs work. But depending on where he goes, I don't see that being that quick of a problem. I would love to have Justin Fields. I really would. Well, that's the thing. I mean, this guy can... He's not just a tremendous athlete, because that's what you're going to hear about him. You know, He's a big, strong guy. He's like a smaller Cam Newton, but this guy can play quarterback, too. No, and he he's great at protecting the football, too, um, which is something that sometimes a lot of guys aren't. As much as I love Jalen Hurts, he is a fumble machine. Jalen Hurts. That's my guy. Um, but, I mean, he's great in the running game. He can make a lot of off-platform plays. He showed today in his pro day that he's pretty damn quick. Pro day, but it was an unofficial four four three. But he's also not afraid to attack downfield, and I like I like people. Like I said, he protects the ball, but he can also be a little bit of a risk taker, and I like that about him. Um, I like Justin Fields a lot. I really do. I do too. And the only thing that I really had to nitpick as far as something that I would consider a weakness, other than the processing speed, uh, you got to think. I mean, the Ohio State track meets don't happen in the NFL. No. So, no, I mean, you're not going to have, I mean, I think it was like 600 yards or something like that on no. open receivers. Yeah, and sometimes he holds on to the ball a little too long. Like I said, we can nitpick these guys to death, but to me, if Justin, it's, it'll be crazy to me if Justin Fields falls out of the top five. I agree. Because he is that damn good. Now let's go to my number four, uh, Trey Lance. I agree, and that's what I had as well at four. So far, we're pretty... Lockstep here. Not nice little consensus here. Yes. Uh, in my opinion, the best arm in the draft. Oh, the strongest arm. In the draft. Well, maybe not the strongest. We'll talk about another guy in a little bit. But um, he just has such a great physical tool set to work with. Oh, it's ridiculous. He's got QB size. He's 6'4", about 230, I think. He runs like a bat out of hell. And he had nearly no turnover. He's got a monster arm. Nearly no turnovers. That's a huge deal for me. Let's talk about the obvious knocks on the guy. Okay? He only has one full year of starting experience to put on tape, and it was at North Dakota State. Which is a run-heavy offense. He averaged 18 throws a game. Well, I wouldn't even say that. Um, I would just say the fact that it was at North Dakota State. The competition was not great. But... That being said, I am not one who shies away from guys just because they find, just because they come from smaller schools. I agree. He only played one game last year, this past year, and that was the showcase game against, I always forget, was it Central Arkansas or something like that? Something like that. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, he did not have a great game throwing the ball that day. He had He ran the ball well that day, but... Um, I I would feel strongly about taking Trey Lance top five, top ten. That's fair. Um, I think personally, Trey Lance is definitely a guy who's going to have to sit at least a year, just because you got to get this guy confident again. Because 
he takes too much confidence in his running ability, and sometimes he's hesitant to sling the ball. Yeah. Kid's got a rocket, and he's not throwing to the deepest parts of the his field. His first instinct is always that. I think that's why I've seen a lot of Cam Newton comparisons to him, like a, like a young Cam Newton. I okay. think that's kind of how he was. Um, he has kind of a goofy throwing motion, but, again, I think that can be coached up because I don't think Trey Lance should immediately step into a starting role in the NFL, but, you know, we'll see whatever team Drassum thinks about that. I think his best – let's talk – we forgot best fits. The Jets are taking Zach Wilson, so I'm just going to say that's his best fit. I put New York Jets or San Fran. Uh, I think San Fran's best – Justin Fields' is best fit is San Francisco. I put the exact same thing and, for Justin Fields, New I, York Jets and San Fran. I don't mean to, like, go just go with the board here, but I think the Atlanta Falcons are the best fit for Trey Lance because – Again, it gives him the opportunity to learn behind a guy who's had success in this league. He won't have to, won't have to start for a year, maybe two. And whenever he's ready to step in there, I mean, he's a... I think he's, he's 20 a, years old. I was say, he's a fairly young prospect. Even so, if he goes to Atlanta and sits for two years, he'll, he'll be, be 22 when he steps into the starting. Exactly, game. and I think that would be an ideal scenario for him. Now let's go to the guy who's seemingly turned into the most polarizing player in the 20... 21 NFL draft. I almost said 2020. Sorry, guys. Um, Matt Jones. The Matt Jones. Now, I will start by saying I am higher on Matt Jones than a lot of people. I agree. Um, I'm on record saying that he's the most NFL ready behind Trevor Lawrence. That being said, I absolutely do not think he is worth a third overall pick. Agreed. He does not have the tools some of the other guys do. He's very accurate. I will give him that. He's good at what he does. Does not. He's good. I don't want to call him a game manager because that just boxes a man immediately. I think he can be a good NFL quarterback, but he's got to be put in the system to do so. A lot of his player comps are Kirk Cousins, and that worries me because Kirk's I've seen been Kirk. I've seen Derek Carr. I've seen you know he's safe with the ball, doesn't have a great arm, and is not the. I mean, he's not a terrible athlete, but he's not the best athlete. That's the thing. I mean, he showed that if. The pocket breaks down, he can at least get out in his pro day today and make the throws and still be accurate. Right. But his timing was impeccable this year, but he was also throwing to wide-open receivers basically every game. No, oh, it was one of the best offenses of all time. Right. Um, and he only has one year as a starter at Alabama to go off of. But I will say when, you know, I have a point-counterpoint to this when they asked uh, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith who they liked throwing to him better. Between Mac Jones and Tua, they both said Mac Jones. Now, you can say that's a point against Tua and for Mac Jones. Counterpoint, the offense was more centered around Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs when Tua was the quarterback. Bingo. More so than uh, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith. But that being said, I actually like Mac Jones if he goes to the right place. I would love him in New England. That was my best fit, was New England or Carolina. New England or Carolina are the two best options for me. I've heard Carolina likes him a lot because... I think he'd be fun in that that rule offense. The coaches got to coach him at the Senior Bowl and apparently really liked him. Um, What I had for Mac Jones is that he's more of your prototype pocket passer. Right. Um, obviously, great timing and anticipation on the underneath throws, intermediate throws. Um, he had a good understanding of his offense. I mean, he he's going to come in and he's going to learn your playbook, and he's going to have a good understanding of it. The, the kid knows football, uh, and he's really calm in the pocket. Right. No, he's like I said, he's got a lot of traits I would like to work with, but 
There's just always, there's, until he does it, there's always going to be questions around him. Again, we discussed earlier the rumor that the 49ers moved up from 12 to 3 to take Mac Jones. That will, I mean, right now, that's that'll be shocking to me if they do that, if they did all that for Mac Jones. I guess time will tell, but I don't think that Mac Jones is the number three overall pick. I think he goes top ten, though. I do. I, do. Yeah. I think five quarterbacks are going top ten. And I think if he doesn't go at eight, something's wrong. Um, yeah, he'll be gone. But I think at eight's probably his ceiling. But, let's move on. What do you have next? We'll stay in the SEC. Let's go talk about Kyle Trask. That's what I had next as well. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about Kyle Trask? I don't like him. He is... I think that putting a second round grade on him is extremely generous. I think taking like a third or fourth round flyer, I would be okay with. But I don't think that Kyle Trask has the factors that you're looking for in a... I don't want to say franchise changing because Kyle Trask isn't going to change a franchise anyway. He doesn't have, I guess, the higher end traits that I'm looking for. To me, he's just a guy who screams career backup. That's exactly what I put on like, my best fit. Like he could have, <laughs> like he could have a reasonable like ten year NFL career as a backup. Like there's there's guys that do it and they're happy to do it. Let's talk about Chase Daniel. <laughs> Shout out Chase Daniel. Hall of Welcome fame, to the Chargers, Hall of baby. Famer Chase Daniel. Welcome to the Chargers, for his baby. His financial career alone. Uh, but no, I will say one of the things that at least, at the very least, intrigues me about Kyle Trask is year-to-year improvement. Hundred percent. He improved. I mean, he went from backing up to Eric King in college. To I mean, not college. In high, high school. school mm-hmm. Duh. Um, to you know, eventually becoming a really good starter at Florida and almost won the damn Heisman this year. Yeah, he was in the conversation. You know, is the is there another leap to come? You know, who knows? I don't think so. I, I personally just, don't think so. I mean, he's got good size for a quarterback, but he doesn't have a he doesn't have a great arm. He's kind of a statue in the pocket. I like that he can make throws under pressure. He's not really like scared in the pocket at all. No, he's sometimes too oblivious to the pressure. And that, right. That can be a negative and a positive. One thing he does do very well though. Maneuver the pocket. I'd say so. He can't make play. Like I said, he can't. He's not mobile at all, but he can maneuver a pocket. He's mobile in the pocket, I guess. But he's just really a guy who cannot work off platform. Yeah, the biggest thing for me was the bowl game against Oklahoma. Of course, I watched it because you know Boomer Sooner. But he looked he looked terrible without Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts. Sure did. I it was bad. I. Try to stay away from Kyle Trask, guys, please, for the love of God. I think he goes somewhere on day two. I think he will be a day two pick. Do I think that's right? No. But he will be a day two pick, I bet, if people love quarterbacks. That's fair. And it's a quarterback-heavy draft. Now I'm going to go to who I think is the biggest wild card in this quarterback draft, and that is Davis Mills from Stanford. <laughs> that's who I have next as well. Um, let's first start off by saying... He was the top quarterback in the 2017 recruiting class. I believe so. He was ahead of some big names, too. I think Tua was in that class. Um, I think maybe uh, Kellen Mond was, I know. I think Mac Jones was. He was ahead of some guys who were getting a lot of praise. He biggest thing here is we don't have a lot of college tape on him. Right. I mean, he... I, don't even, I think he only started like 
I want to say 11 games in college total. He only got a chance after KJ Costello went down, I think, exactly. in 2019. But there's some intriguing traits about this guy. There's a lot to like. He, I think, might be the quickest decision maker in this entire draft. He does make the, he gets the ball out really quick. Right. He has zip from the pocket, and he has an NFL arm. There's no question about that. He's accurate, and he doesn't have, throw with a lot of hesitation. But... He's not, he's not perfect, obviously. Sometimes the quick decisions aren't always good. Right. Um, he's another one who's kind of... There's some kind of concerns about him maybe not being able to work off-platform. Um, yeah, his uh, his accuracy struggles a little bit whenever his feet aren't set. He hasn't shown to be that mobile in the pocket. Which isn't a huge deal, as no. long as he's in the right system. No. Um, there have been some questions about his decision making as well but again the biggest knock on him limited experience man yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be huge when I it comes it, down to it i got it pulled up right here he only had 491 career dropbacks in college that's not a lot not a ton not a lot but he's definitely a name to keep an eye on i think he also is a day two pick someone's gonna someone's gonna want to take a chance on this guy i would say so he's got nfl size he's got an nfl arm there's traits to work with here, but we'll see. Next, let's I've look. seen. Uh, I think Davis Mills has rose a bit. I think he's going to be a day two pick. No, oh, for sure. I wouldn't say an early day two, but he'll definitely be there. Right. Um, I think we go Kellen Mond next. I had Jamie Newman next, but <clears throat> you want to talk about? I think it's kind of a toss up between the two, realistically. Um, well, let's go ahead and go Kellen Mond though. The guy I feel like has been at Texas A and M since like two thousand eight, but. Been in college a while. He's not that old, though. My biggest thing with Kellen Mond is he's never really... Everybody's wanted him to make the jump to being, like, a guy, but he's been just that, like, a guy. He's, like, just another dude. Right. He... I mean, he's been good, not great in college. Like, exactly. He play, He has some solid tape out there. But he never did anything to really elevate Texas A&M to the next level. I think that, as far as positives go, he's a great moving passer. Um, he definitely improved his pocket presence over his career. He was definitely kind of scared of the pocket early on. and Right. Now he stands in there and takes the shots that he has to. He's played with Jimbo Fisher for so long. He has a lot of pro-style experience. That's correct. teams are going to value that. My problem is... The biggest thing that I see with Kellen Mond is that he's like extremely average in all the metrics that you want your quarterback to be good at. Right. Like his arm strength is good, not great. His accuracy is good, not great. He hardly takes the shot. I, I don't see him throwing deep a lot. No. He's very inconsistent with timing and anticipation. It's really hard to find tape on Kellen Mond throwing anticipation throws. It's hard to find. Um, especially like over the middle, his timing is just not there. Yeah, I mean, and again, he has a good, not great arm. The accuracy's just okay. He's just been consistently average. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. He's got good size. I mean, he's six three, about two twenty. Somebody will probably take a chance on him late, but I think he's a day. Th- I think he's like a fourth round pick. I'd say fourth or fifth. You want to go to Jamie Newman now? Yeah, let's knock it out. All right. Jamie Newman. I put the best fit for Jamie Newman, anybody that's going to run a vertical RPO offense, because that's literally what he ran at Wake Forest. 
because that's the last time we've seen him play, although he did transfer to Georgia. He never played a snap for Georgia since he did well, opt out. We did see him at the Senior Bowl. He had an okay week, not great. I think he might be the player who hurt himself the most by opting out this year. I agree. I think if he could have gone to Georgia and really taken the reins on that offense, he could have at the very least been like a lock as a second-round pick, maybe a first. And that's the thing. I mean, he would have been playing a lot better competition than he did at Wake Forest. Right. He has a cannon of an arm. It's accurate. He has an accurate deep ball. Oh, 100%. It's something that a lot of people want. But... My biggest knock on him was the fact that he played in such a simple offense right. at Wake Forest. You're going to have to teach this guy a lot. Exactly. NFL level. And another thing about him, even on the short throws, sometimes he throws with a little too much zip. And that makes it harder for guys to catch. My big problem was when Sage Surratt went down in November of 19, his production just fell off. I mean, it, he didn't have his number one guy, and it hurt him bad. Right. Um, there's still a lot I like about Jamie Newman, and he's... I mean, I he's said a da- huge I said, athletic guy. I said Davis Mills is the biggest wild card, but Jamie Newman might be the most intriguing to me. Like, he's, an, he's an ideal size for a quarterback. 6'4", 230. He can run well. He, like I said, he's got the good arm, but you're he just... The Wake Forest offense is going to cause some questions, I think. I have Davis Mills as my QB6. That's my guy. Okay. I think that outside of the top five, he will be the next one taken. Because I still think Trask probably goes ahead of him. but I guess we'll see what happens. But I think you have to keep in mind that although Davis Mills only had the 11 games, or whatever it may be, obviously don't quote me on that, but... That's fine. I don't care. Um, the man was a five-star recruit. I mean, that does not always mean everything. But like you said, he's the number one quarterback in his class. It's just, it's hard to... We just haven't, we simply have not seen enough. We just haven't seen enough. And it's one of those things that get this guy in a camp, let him compete, and let's see what we got. I think Davis Mills is going to be a very shocking prospect for whoever takes him. All right, now let's talk about a bunch of bums. Oh, God. Wait, who do you want to start with? You know, <clears throat> I'm going to start with Ian Book. Oh, I don't Jesus. know why. Okay. Hey, don't you talk about the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame district like the that, winningest. sir. Ian Book. Even though he has started at Notre Dame, again, he's just one of these guys who feels like he's been in college forever. There's not a lot to like about Ian Book as an NFL prospect. He played well this past year. But, I mean, he doesn't have an NFL arm, he's not athletic, and his timing and rhythm is just, it's not there. I, I think somebody might take like a seventh round flyer on him, see if he can come into camp and compete for like a backup third string job. I don't think he's much more than that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that if we see Ian Book in the NFL, it's going to be Disaster for or, some team. Or backup <laughs> to a backup, like you said. Um, Not really much to cover there. Jeez, these guys that have been playing in college forever just keep coming off the <laughs> Right. <board. laughs> How about Shane Bouchelle? <laughs> so I have Shane Bouchelle as a best fit backup. I think that his gunslinger mentality is going to get him picked up, um, whether that's through the draft or free agency. He's been a starter in college since 2016. That's bananas to think about. <laughs> Good God. He's been there for a while. Um... I 
don't want to say nice things about him because he played at Texas, but he also played at SMU. I know. Let's you know give him credit for that. He one thing I mean he he was a fun guy to watch too. Again, I hate saying that because it's not a real take. He's a gunslinger, and those guys are I mean they're entertaining. My problem is he he kind of falls away from his throws when it's not really necessary. Like he's always looking for like a fadeaway throw for some reason. Yeah, I feels mean, like he's always in a rush. I don't he know can make on. downfield throws, and he's a decent athlete. He's but, got a good arm. <sighs> yeah, I mean, again, I just I think he'll be like a fifth, sixth round pick, maybe. Some team just I mean, teams take flyers on quarterback to see what they just like to bring guys in. Do I see him as like a Long-term NFL starter, probably not. Nah, probably no, probably not. No. Let's go to your favorite, Sam Ellinger. Oh, Jesus Christ. The 77-yard pass off his Twitter. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was maybe 45 yards. <laughs> Get over yourself. That was, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't hate Texas like he does, but I'm sorry, Sam. That was 100% not even remotely close to a 77-yard pass. Listen to me, Samuel. If you're here, I want you to listen really close, okay? Your best fit for me. I put you as a high school coach. <laughs> now to say some nice things. You do have experience. You were a four-year starter. Right. You're not afraid to attack the middle of the field. That's pretty solid. And you hardly turn the ball over. But. But. Big butt. Large butts. <laughs> your arm strength is average. At best. You know, th- thank you, Twitter, for confirming that for me. You're not, you're not athletic enough to scramble at the NFL level. Let's just talk about it. Are you, like, just sensing ghost pressure? Why are you bailing on clean pockets all the time? Why? Stop doing it. Your legs were okay in college, but like he said, you're not the athlete that's going to compete in the you're NFL and let that happen. You're having a field day with your Sam Ellinger bashing session here. You, you just go back to Texas and coach your team. Coach coach those boys. <laughs> you'll find you'll find out you'll be a broadcaster in Austin or something. Yeah, exactly. Years. I mean, I don't want to shit on the guy's dream. If you get drafted... And Good for you. Maybe you will. You're better than me. You'll at the very least get a camp invite. You know, but maybe much more than that, I don't know. Now let's talk about my boy Felipe Franks. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking cannon of an arm. Probably the strongest arm in the draft. I've been waiting for this. This guy, look up his Hail Mary against Tennessee while he was at Florida. That may be the most beautiful Hail Mary I've ever seen in my life. It was absolutely bananas. And it, that ball traveled at least 65 yards in, in the, the air. air. It yeah. was bananas. <laughs> now, <laughs> I just, Felipe is, like I said, he's entertaining. These guys are entertaining. He had a good year in Arkansas. He's a big motherfucker. He's 6'7", about 235. He's big. Ugh! But I'm not gonna pump the bra- I'm gonna pump the brakes a bit because he's probably gonna be like at best a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, and maybe back up at the NFL level. Somebody will like his arm talent enough to draft him, I think. But he has no touch on the ball at all. He throws everything a hundred percent. My analysis, you ready? Yeah, sure. Best fit. Best fit. The XFL. <laughs> that would be. So much fun. Just I, because of the entertainment value. That's gotta happen. 100%. Put him in the XFL. That's gotta happen. The nice things that I have to say about Felipe Franks. He does have a very, very strong arm, both in the pocket and on the move. He's a very mobile guy, and he can sling that fucking thing. He's 6'6", 6'7", 225 plus. He's a big boy. Okay? Felipe. Those underneath throws are ugly. Yeah. You have to throw... 
darts to be accurate. I don't understand what happened there. Because your anticipation throws are not good. Yeah, no, like I said, he has no touch or feel for the ball. He just throws everything 100%, which you can't do. Ball's got to get there now. <laughs> um, it's not great under pressure. Very sackable. Yes. Very sackable. sackable. But, I mean, here's the thing. Of the day three quarterbacks, I might like him the best. <laughs> just because that arm is, like, like you said, maybe the best fits the XFL, and that would be so much fun to watch him in the XFL. That'd be nuts. I bet he would be a damn good XFL quarterback. That'd be wild, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. All right. Now, what I kind of wanted to, what I teased a little bit earlier before we get out of here tonight, um, how I said, I kind of wanted to, I'm not going to, like, talk names of the 2022 NFL direct quarterback class because I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but... For teams who have been a little hesitant to move up and say, maybe we'll just find a guy next year, and I'm not specifically targeting my team, but kind of. I mean, maybe I don't Maybe I don't want you to make a 49ers-like move, but to me, the quarterback class next year is not as good as this year. I mean, you have a couple guys I said I wasn't going to name names, but the guys at the top who people are saying right now are Spencer Rattler, your guy, the ginger... Uh. Albino something looking. I, I like Spence, man, but... I mean, I've heard people say he's going to be the number one pick next year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know if a quarterback gets taken number one or one next year. I don't think um, so. Sam Howell, probably going to be high. Some people say Keaton Slovis, but fuck, I trust a USC quarterback about as much of him. I'm not going to finish that joke. <laughs> 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 but um, you also do have to put it in terms like this. The past couple of years, some guys have just come out of nowhere, you know. This time, 2019, Joe Burrow was barely a blip on anyone's radar. Nobody was talking about Joe Burrow, you know. It was tank for Tua, tank for Tua. You know, people liked Justin Herbert at the time, too. And just the same. This time last year, nobody was talking about Zach Wilson. He was coming off an injury-plagued season. He had, sh- he had shoulder surgery. So, I mean... I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a riser like that in next year's draft. I just don't know. But for these QB needy teams, I think this is the draft for you to go all out. I really do. Exactly. Especially if you're a team like, I mean, in this case, San Fran, you're not going to be picking at three for a long time. You're not even going to pick in the first round for the next two years. Right. You know, barring a trade. But teams like Atlanta, who have a good team, but just haven't put it together, when's the next time you're going to be picking at four? Not for a while. Take a quarterback. Do the right thing. Take a quarterback. All right, well, that's all the time we have tonight, folks. Thanks for listening, guys. Again, um, if you enjoyed it, be a friend. Tell a friend. Other than that, till next time. Yeet, yeet, skeet, skeet.